everybody. My name is Tony Barnes. I'm a father, husband, realtor with Keller Williams Pinehurst, professional musician, ambassador for Military Foundation, Camp Resilient North Carolina, and corporate leader for Patriot Foundation. I've always been fascinated by people. Everyone I meet, I try to hear as much of their story in whatever brief moment in time we share. Even the most average-seeming human could have a captivating story. This show is about unlocking the stories of the people that I've been fortunate enough to meet and those whose names have positively influenced the communities they serve that maybe I haven't met yet, but can't wait to. This show is simply called More or Less with Tony Barnes. Moore is in Moore County, the beautiful southern North Carolina community that many of us call home. And because some of these stories need to be shared much more. Less, as in less serious, lighthearted conversations with one-of-a-kind humans about how they do more. Is this is this thing on? Are we on? We are. We are ready, live. Ready. We are live. Okay. Well, I'll jump in. Uh, looks like we got and to, cut. That's a wrap. Right. And that's thanks it. Okay. Coming. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time. <laughs> well, you won't see us, but uh, anyway, uh, Frank's here. Executive producer Frank, p- p- producer Frank Daniels uh, at the Pilot Newspaper, hey, Pilot Frank, Radio. Frankie, Frankie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frank the Tank. You Frank's know, got a nice beard. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, you you both do as well. All yeah. of you. We are all bearded men. No, that's not as full as yours. Well, you, you gotta, it's it's nice and grizzly looking. We're very hirsute. I mean, well, it's, it's, I'm it grizzly, is grizzly looking. In a good look. Good, and in, a my good wife, way, in a good way. My wife attests yeah. to that. <laughs> Yesterday, she was, she's been on me all week. Yeah. Well, well to trim it up? Yeah. Yeah. The sad part is I'm like the only it. one without hair. Uh, in this room, on the, my head, anyway. You can't tell. You can't. Well, I got a hat on, yeah, yeah. and this thing, which you can't see. But anyway, um, you haven't had the, hair since high school, though. In, in fairness, well, I was like I was like twenty two, yeah. you know, ish. Yeah, but he had a, he had a count. But he had a full grown beard at thirteen. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I was born with a beard, baby. That's right. My wife hates it, but you know, when you can't grow hair on your head, you tend to grow hair where yeah, you can. Got to on purpose, somewhere. you know, right. just because you know. And we were talking about this in the first show this morning, you know, or the other day was. Well, we we both was, listened to it this morning. We did. Yeah. We were on, on two of four, evidently, yeah. that listened to it. But well, you know, forty thousand. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> yeah, that Fingers happened. Crossed. Yeah, that's those were the numbers. Yes. Yeah. We are super successful. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, and if you want. To piggyback on that success, just send your advertising dollars. That's right. To the pilot newspaper, pilot radio, Mm -hmm, executive producer Frank Daniels. If you just want to hand money to somebody. I'll take it. Frank will take it. Email it to McKenzie's Mill. We'll pass it along. (laughs) Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. This is not, you're not supposed to promote yourselves on the show, guys. Okay. This is not what this is for. It's about promoting us. (laughs) You know. In my big mouth. Yeah. So, Uh, are we, so we're we're into this. That could be a good, um. Segway to, or a key, or a marker, for you, for asking for money. Oh no! To, oh, <laughs> I mean we've just got two other disembodied voices. Oh, yeah. that's right. Who we, are we? we need to introduce yeah. these people? Yeah, I mean maybe. Is that how this thing works? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that gave me a show, guys. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, I'm not getting paid for. We're going to have guests. We're not going to tell you who they <laughs> yeah. are. But we've known Tony so long. He's like he forgets he's even talking to guests. It's called the guessing guest game. Yeah. Guess who's here today, guys? Uh, anyway, so uh, Frank, uh, you know, S- send your send your guesses into info@pilotradio.com <laughs> with a dollar attached right. each. Right. Uh, anyway, we got Mackenzie's Mill in the house tonight. Hey. Today, I would say. Hey. Uh, Justin and Ryan Harris, the brothers. Hey, hey. My brothers from another mother, I would say. Um, 
and Sherilyn's a great mother. That she might as well be another mother of mine. Uh, talking about my mama. That went weird quickly, didn't it? <laughs> well, I'm I sorry, heard, Sherilyn. <laughs> I heard some mama, some mama shade. <laughs> Not shade. This is awkward. Anyway, uh, thanks guys for being here. Uh, these are musicians, uh, as well as myself. In 2005, well, we've known each other growing up since we were uh, knee high to grasshopper. I think Ryan beat me up in when i was five or six i think on the playground no it was that i beat him up when he was five or six so it all worked out it was second grade yeah i think i got my first like sprain i think he almost broke my pinky by body slamming me and when i was like eight and then we became friends and this why we're here so y'all could finally talk (laughs) we have never talked (laughs) about getting getting this out making sure that (laughs) yeah i'm a little sad about it but no we uh obviously go way back family friends for pretty much our entire lives that's right that's right i don't don't get to see them as much but actually you and justin (laughs) well they were born no well no yeah not together but closely enough yeah Anyway. Yeah, we've known this cat forever. Him, his brother, his cousins. Mm-hmm. Almost so like it's a small town. Yeah. It might be. <laughs> we are from the Sand Hills of North Carolina, if you're listening other outside of that. Anyway, uh, Southern North Carolina. Proud to be from this area. West End, if you will. More Absolutely. County. That's right. Yeah. More County. We're all West End natives. West End Indonites. So you guys are born here? Indiites? Yep. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I was born in Virginia, but moved here about three years old with my parents i didn't drive here but my parents moved me here when i was three and i uh, met ryan probably i guess it was kindergarten right man when I, it was whenever i body slammed you but was that the first time we met <laughs> well i think we had the same babysitter it says was your your aunt or is it your aunt Ramon? Uh, cousin Ramon. cousin yeah cousin she babysat all of us and uh you know we we're playing basketball and i said something to ryan and he got mad and he body slammed me and broke my pinky um but anyway we're good friends now and uh, we spent, what, I spent five years with you in Nashville after we all got out of college. We left, and uh, it was Justin's idea. Justin was the, the leader, the, what, what do you call it, the divine leader who said, we need to go to Nashville. It was like the light in the sky. I was, I was Native American back then, evidently. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah, he was just like, look, guys. We just got out of college. They graduated. I did not. <clears throat> Sorry, Mom. Uh, but they were like, hey, hey, money well spent. That's right. Absolutely <laughs> not at all. But, um, you know, we decided that we wanted to move. Well, Justin was like, hey, you guys are coming. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go to Nashville. Kidnap these guys to Nashville. Yeah, but before that, I guess I shouldn't have jumped the gun. We actually played at May Street Market back in the day yeah. a lot. Did First open gigs mics. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, after college. Um, Can't forget O'Donnell's. First yeah. paying gig ever. Yeah, the first <laughs> time hanging out over Pat's, as a group. Pat's head. For, best money he ever spent. First time people gave us money to play music it was fantastic thank you, you the first time he ever paid <laughs> no, it's the first first paying gig we ever had was at o'donnell's that's and great. i still remind him that's the best money he ever spent best best 80 bucks he ever spent yeah probably. absolutely gave me a good start too uh when i after we'll go get to that later because we're i'm fast i'm jumping everywhere but anyway we played at the bay street market o'donnell's back in the day and then we decided justin was like let's go to nashville let's be famous let's do it and i was like all right let's do it bro so we went man and uh man the five years that i was there i mean the most creative time of my whole life i mean it was fantastic and you know uh do you want to explain kind of just tell, tell us a little bit about you know when we first moved there give us your side of the story what what inspired you justin how about we'll start with you what inspired you to let, let's go to nashville i mean what was that thing i was uh a late bloomer i would say like you you always played guitar i mean when we were kids middle school i guess is probably when you picked up guitar right you Actually, and matt no well it was about uh, i was 14 so right out okay. right out of middle school yeah. so and then ryan was always singing and i always liked music but i wasn't near as involved young like you guys were i started uh playing and writing in college 
but writing you know really is what uh got me the most excited i got that little bit of taste of positive feedback from people um and that was kind of a drug and then i just remember us getting you know ryan was always singing i was always writing that naturally came together knowing you and matt uh matt barnes tony's cousin uh who a lot of you from around here will, will know or rem- and remember um I just we all got together and played those first few songs, not knowing if we were any good or not, but get that little bit of positive feedback. And I'll never forget the first set. I don't even know if you really call it a show, but we had recorded that crappy little demo uh, at that studio out in Pitt County. Middle of the cornfield. I mean, looking back on it, it was what it was. It just was the three of us banging on our guitars. Hey, man, we have some fans that say that's their favorite. A lot of people. Well, that's, you know, we I remember giving that to probably friends and family and not knowing that it had grown any legs at all. We show up at O'Donnell's to play that little set for however many people were there. And we break into probably God Bless the Southern Man or something like that for the first time. And there's like 20 people singing the words back to you. And that, that for me, was it. That was the, oh, okay. There, mm-hmm. This is, I get used yeah. to this. That was a so. cool moment. I can sit here and put myself in it right now and relive it. It's uh, uh, the State of Donald's, especially that Thursday night. Everybody showed up that first gig. And, but um, I know for me, growing up, I just always wanted to be a singer man i had starry eyes from from day one so oh yeah i remember west end we were west end warriors back then <laughs> that's and right west end elementary now but uh i remember you know uh ryan had his black cowboy hat on looking straight out like garth brooks and <laughs> garth just, mcgraw garth yeah. mcgraw baby and, oh man it was fantastic you know uh he, but he was always i mean he he could always work the crowd man you know like, oh yeah ryan just started from a young age baby just spotlights you and everything you would have thought there was a spotlight and 50,000 people on Ryan at the seventh grade talent show. <laughs> yeah. Do we have video? Is there video oh, of that God, anywhere? There, there's I got, somewhere. I got plenty of I got it somewhere. It. Yeah? From that oh. first you guys have, show You guys have a Betamax yeah. recorder that we can <laughs> pop it in and <laughs> play it track. on? I think there's a, there's a VH1 floating around somewhere. I got to find it. A VH1? It's Where are they now? <laughs> I'm at VHS. I'm at VHS. <laughs> oh, my God. VH1. Yeah, they did an episode. <laughs> Sadly, our music's never uh, been played on V8. Yeah, it was my uh, retro snakeskin boots at the time. I think so. <laughs> I love it. I remember the uh, the snakeskin boots with the red and black. That's it. That was it. Polo yeah. shirt. That was it. Yeah, mm, nice. Izod. In true Garth Brooks fashion, the oh, polo man. shirt with his boots. Or what did what did at that time what did Garth Brooks turn into briefly? Uh, Chris Gaines. Yeah. Chris Gaines. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember being very confused about all that yeah. that whole thing. Ryan went through a makeup stage too. So yeah, you know. That's right. <laughs> I thought you have some eyeliner on now, don't you, Brian? No, mm-hmm. but, but anyway, oh, yeah. coming back full circle. Whoops, sorry. Um, I remember that being the nudge towards Nashville. Ryan, you know, Ryan was just finishing up school. Tony, I think you were just itching to play some music, man. It didn't take a whole lot of arm twisting that I remember. You jumped right on board, and the three of us. It's oh, funny. Yeah. Looking back on it, I mean, over 15 years, we, we acquired some knowledge of how the music industry works. We... Uh, figured a lot of that out but when we moved there let's be honest dudes we knew nothing about the music industry nothing about nothing i didn't know the definition of what publishing meant it's just like hey where could we how we play songs deal works (laughs) yeah it's just like here we are we're pretty decent, right? <laughs> Let's yeah. go make some racket. That was kind of the extent of it. Yeah. yeah, and then we realized there was about a million other people that looked like Garth Brooks and Tim McGraw together. Yeah, yeah. and only about 
half of them could actually sing or play, but they had to look, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a little harder than we thought when we first got there. But yeah, you realize that 80% of the population is there to do the same thing, and they're all, you know, pretty good too. So. Yeah. And then the bars don't like that, you know, you still got to, well, I don't know how it is now, but back then it's like, oh, you, you want to play? Sure. Come, come play. Uh, we'll give you a, a hot dog. And, and you go, yeah. you're going to have to pay $30 for parking because, I mean, what are we, are we made nothing's, of money? Yeah. Nothing's changed in I mean, that regard. Yeah. Even uh, though, of we, course, we've never really been the, the downtown Broadway, Broadway yeah. band anyway. I mean, we've played down there some, but that was never really our vibe. We all. Yeah, well, how about let's talk about the the Twang Town Throwdown, huh? Let's oh, give yeah. them a little let's a little little backstory. Two thousand and seven, yeah, yeah. When we were there all together, three of us, and um, you know that'll give us a good segue into God Bless the Southern Man. This is one of our you know first songs that well you guys wrote and I played on. Um, yeah, I mean that's yeah. I guess that's one of the first things that kind of when we we got an opportunity to play some places uh, downtown was on a Wednesday night. We started uh, we got the ability you know brought some people in for a show, talked to the bar. They kind of thought it was cool. Got some people to go in on it with us and started hosting the Twang Town Throwdown. And uh, for about a solid year, I think um, every Wednesday night we had some really good crowds and that really that really allowed us to to. Um, meet a lot of folks just throughout the music industry but also friends in nashville well and what that was is we uh, ourselves and john carl would perform every every wednesday night and we would book uh, you know two to three other live uh, or obviously live but uh, original acts to come in and perform too so downtown on broadway if you've ever been there it's all it's like vegas kind of and it's all cover cover music which is fine it's cool but um it's pretty unique, especially back then, for us to be able to do that. Um, Cadillac Ranch at the time, which is now Jason Aldean's place, was cool to embrace the idea. But yeah, for pretty much the better part of a year, we'd go in, we'd book all the talent, uh, we'd have songwriter rounds typically to open it up, we'd have three, four, five bands throughout the night, uh, and that, like Ryan said, that really gave us a weekly place to then. We'd been in Nashville about two years at the time, two, it was actually 2008. We'd been there three years at the time. Gave us an opportunity to uh, audition new musicians when we needed to, uh, to have uh, a place that we can invite the music industry folks to come see us. So that was a real transitional year for us simply because we had a place that we knew we were going to be every week and we could kind of hone our craft a little bit mm-hmm. yeah i think that was really <clears throat> really neat that they would because I mean, like you said on broadway that they, they don't really like a whole lot of original music which is ironic because it's nashville but uh you know pro- i don't know about these days i haven't been in a while but it's i imagine similar and it's not you know it's really let's be honest it's not that they don't like it it's that it's tourists drinking beer. Yeah. That's the Whoops. name of the game. So that was my hand. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know to do my hands. Don't uh, hit the microphone. Don't hit the microphone. <laughs> Darn it. Um, yeah. So that was a good, you know, time. I mean, man, I've, I've loved living in Nashville, just waking up. And the three of us, I was always good at guitar, you know, writing guitar riffs and things like that. And one liners. And then Justin and Ryan, you know, just fantastic at vocal melodies and, and telling a story. You know, I think we made a really good team back then. And we were all young and in our 20s and we're just out of fresh out of school. And we're just green, you know. Just mm-hmm. there's just nothing but creative uh, juices everywhere in Nashville. You, you always, man. You had a you had a real knack for writing guitar hooks. I mean, I specifically so two songs specifically. Well, the first one's not so much a hook, but I want to uh, give you a lot of credit. God bless the Southern man, which kind of became our. I feel silly saying this, but in our little world, it was kind of became our free bird. Mm-hmm. We closed every show with it. It had this long, epic three or four minute 
uh, guitar solo at the end. The only reason it had that guitar solo, if you remember, Ryan and I were out of town for something, and you guys and the band got together for a rehearsal without us. And or we showed up at the end of the rehearsal, and you and Mike Roberts mm-hmm. pretty much wrote that entire solo and said, "Hey, we got this idea," and laid it on us. Let's jam it out. Yeah, like, it was like Almond Brothers esque. It was man, harmonies, man, and, y'all. Yeah. It was so cool, and that just transformed that little three and a half minute song and made it this seven minute, just really epic jam. Like, oh, I, yeah. so that was that was huge. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and then Shotgun Wedding. Mm-hmm. Tony had this. This uh, little hooky, simple little lick, but he was playing that lick for years. It felt like, and I'd always tell him, "Man, don't, please don't write that with anybody else. Please don't write that." But I'm the t- I couldn't just sit down and write it. It kind of had to hit me at the right time. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to remember, Ryan, were you? I know it was me, you, and D.W. actually mm-hmm. sat down. I, I don't that. remember if Ryan was in on that one or not. Uh, not on Shotgun. Not on Shotgun. No. And then we finally wrote it, and it was – I mean, I couldn't be prouder of that tune, man. Oh, yeah, you it know? was fun. But that all started with, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. cool. Well, what's funny is actually Matt Barnes, you know, my first cousin that he mentioned before, um, before he passed away in 2007, we actually uh, – Went into a studio and I can't remember the name of it in Fayetteville and and I rec- we recorded a little just that was just one a, of those okay yeah that I was just one of those that. like instrumental things and I was yeah. like oh yeah this is swampy it sounds good and then I didn't remember that that's where that came from yeah but now that's uh that was fantastic yeah it's a little dark song but uh you know hey <laughs> we all have to have a few of those you know it's it's a um, twist not many people think <laughs> of when they hear that that phrase yeah I heard a song recently that's similar to that I was like oh that's dark reminds me of the shotgun wedding you know um, yeah. Imagine where that goes. Uh, but anyway, do you want to tell us about – we actually just segued into God Bless the Southern Man. Is this where we would, you know – Should we play should, it? Yeah, you want to play it? I mean, anything else you yeah, want to we'll say about that before the, we play it? or the listeners. You know, I mean, God Bless the Southern Man was one of those tunes that was written along with three or four others back when I really didn't have any thoughts of moving to Nashville. It was one of the first probably ten songs I ever wrote, and it was just writing about what you know, which is this area. That up. A lot of songs that kind of similar, <clears throat> excuse me, similar content like this. It's just yeah. writing about what life felt like at that time when mm-hmm. I was, <clears throat> excuse me, probably 20, 21, 22 years old. And it just kind of hung around. Uh, and like a couple of different songs, got recorded twice, yeah. <laughs> got recorded on two different mm-hmm. records. And even though I didn't write it, I mean, I got to say, we had a the, you know, the song, God Bless the Southern Man, is just about a, a hardworking a hardworking man, a hardworking family, and, mm-hmm. I, and we had a, some really good examples of that in our lives. So, yeah. That's right. very much inspired by my dad. I mean, he uh, grew up working on a farm. Uh, didn't not necessarily in our lives. I mean, he owns a and runs a printing and packaging company now, but um, but still very much a, a blue collar, make no excuses, hardworking dude. And that's pretty much what this song's about. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll play it now. This is "God Bless the Southern Man" by Mackenzie's Mill. His living on the land 
applause for tony barnes's ricky ricardo get up today you like it i yeah. like it you know i try to live my best life every day 
Are those watermelon? They are. It's a, like a Hawaiian shirt with watermelons on it. Yeah. Dude, watermelon, watermelon crowns. <laughs> I don't know. What it, I guess the plural is watermelons. I need to ask my wife. She's got the green thumb, but I, I think it is watermelons. You're, like, the, you're like a Miami version of Tracy Bird right now. <laughs> oh, yeah? You know yeah. what? I'll, I'll get, I'll Could get you paint me a Berman? Is that nah, Tracy? No, no, no that's okay. Tracy Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> I did live in Nashville briefly, but um, <laughs> Justin about fell out of his chair just now. <laughs> If you hear a crash and some silence, uh, people have died. Yeah, if you um, start to hear a lot of rumbling and then sirens, we're fine. Disregard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I uh, don't know why, but I, I basically, I've been a dad for five years now, at least next next week, um, but now I've started to dress like a dad. I truly do like it. I just, yeah. you know me, if I can't pick on you, then I have oh, nothing to talk about. I love it. You know, it's, um, you know, I'm just wearing my, my let's put the, the cruise out in the universe thing yeah. you know what i mean I like you. i'm going on a cruise in my mind right now well you guys like just it. went on a cruise not long ago right <clears throat> a few months ago yeah we're, we're we are those people you know if we can you know fortunately if we can afford it we'll I go wish on i was cruising. those people <laughs> well, i'm not you, you can come with man oh yeah you just gotta put you just it in gotta the wear the shirt. why'd you rub your belly when you said that? well you know <laughs> i just felt I felt right okay do you comfort me you know i don't have a fanny pack yet but i'm i'm definitely i'm rocking the dad bod you know i've got yeah you got your, my thighs are definitely my white thighs are definitely showing. Now a lot. I'm just disappointed you don't have a fanny pack on. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to start wearing He's, one of those. Yeah, if you, if you unbutton one more button at the top, you will kind of match Justin style of showing half of his abdomen. Yes. You hear that all yeah. the time. I don't well, think it's that low. He, we'll see. Really I, it is when you have an abdomen like mine, you don't want to show it to people. So you know, <laughs> oh. love and marriage and kids, you know, all those fun things. And. And Tony's wearing like really high white socks and New Balance shoes. <laughs> I wish that would actually. God, be I wish cool. that were true. Yeah. I just looked at the table to see. Yeah, the eighties. I got are, you. I got you. Seventies yeah, and eighties are definitely back in style now with the kids out here. I see. You know, lots of knee highs and the big 80s old bell are, bottoms. The eighties are back. It's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. Really whitewashed uh, again, loose jeans. They're yeah. back again. They yeah. came back when we were. In high school, right? I mean, or no, that was the 70s. Yeah. My entire wardrobe looks like the 70s, so when that comes back around again, I guess I'll I'll be in fashion. Dude, and otherwise, till then, nah. I actually yeah. think... I'm not buying new clothes. I think it'll be a while. I think people are migrating into the 90s, which See, doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I think I only have one flannel shirt. Yeah, flannel and straight leg khakis. Yeah. I guess you just need to rock the dad look, mm-hmm. and you'll be we have beard. Stylish. We got beards already, though, so yeah. that's beards. Good. Beards. Yeah. A, a sign that I'm getting older is that I really don't know what's in style because <laughs> I don't pay attention and I don't <laughs> care. Well, in, in fairness, you'd never really have, so oh, I don't know yeah. if that's a problem yeah. to getting older. Or, yeah. You guys should come to the dark side, of dad bods <laughs> and dad fits outfits. Yeah. I think that, dad fits. You know, dad you're fits getting like older that. when all you care about is just being comfortable. So, right. And I just want to be comfortable. The, that, oh, yeah. that is dad style. That's dad. <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, that's just called being lazy, Ryan. That's called. Not, I mean, when you don't, when you're not actually dad, that's being lazy. Okay. But when you're dad, like you, you wear it, you rock it. It's like a badge. Um, where were we? Were we talking about something? <clears throat> I was oh. just lamenting that I drank all my coffee, but. You did? Yeah. You know. You need me to run the show, bro? I can do this. I can push buttons on that thing. It's not like you have an important job or anything. I mean, I, mean, I don't. Yeah, Dang, I mean, Frank. Sounds harsh. <laughs> Nobody needs you, Frank. Just, just not leave. yet. I mean, right now I'm superfluous, but after. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm nice to Frank, dude. I really I'm wish. Sorry. I really wish. I'm sorry, Frank. I really wish you were in charge of a teleprompter for Tony right now. So <laughs> he will read anything. <laughs> anything you put on there. Who put an explanation mark on the teleprompter? <laughs> Sandy, please don't. Go? Please don't say the actual line. Yeah. <laughs> go have a good time, San Diego. San Diegans. San Diegoans. Diegites. Yeah. San. All right. There's silence now. We need to do something. We need to make noise um, on these microphones. Mm. So I was curious, what was it the first? I mean, I know you guys talked about it, but what was it like when you first moved to Nashville? Like, what'd y'all do? What? I mean, what? It, it was very lonely. What it, <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were our only friends. Well, it's kind of like, it's kind of like well, how we are now. But the, uh, we, we certainly went out and... Um, I, I like. I think we went out a lot to experience the town, to find out where the cool places were to where to be, where to hang, where to listen to songwriters, and then we especially all went looking for a job. <laughs> yeah, we spent two years just kind of figuring out. I was twenty five; these guys were twenty two, so we were just figuring out a lot of stuff. But um, Justin had a job; he was a banker, so yeah. he was fine. You know, yeah. Tony and I, we were like, "All right, let's go. Uh, we need to make money." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and I ended up joining the bank, Wachovia, yeah. at and 16th Avenue, is that right? Or right, right on, around there? 17th, right 17th. off Row, yeah. Yeah, in Nashville, and uh, and I'm, I was the drive through teller, and I got paid $4.20 an hour. <laughs> but <laughs> back then, be, that was like $7.30. It, it wasn't that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh I mean, it was, it was very... So basically, we were homeless. <laughs> <laughs> I could barely afford to live, but anyway... Um, God, no wonder my so cut of the bills were, were so much more than y'all. I was trying to make so this music story... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was trying to make this music story more like, you know, hey, we, we walked uphill both ways to work. You we, know? We, put, uh, we put a band together. Yeah, we put our first uh, with Joe Paris on drums, Mike Roberts, who's a uh, a Carolina boy from Wilmington, who we the met Mike out there. Train. The Mike Train, yes, Stuart All, also a North Carolina boy. Yep, North yes. Carolina boy from Raleigh, Stewie, who yeah. we met out there, and uh, that was our first. The three of them and the three of us, six piece band, which is a pretty. We didn't know it at the time. That's a pretty big band. Yeah, that's a robust yeah. lineup. Yeah. yeah, I mean, normally you try to get small and work thin, and we didn't know that. So we played our first round of gigs on the road in 2000 and into 2006, going into 2007. Really, yeah. yeah, we really got going. Started started uh, working towards a record, trying to find a producer, and ran it just... Well, Tony met him in the drive-thru of the bank. Lauren Stallnecker. Yes. Yep. I wonder if he's – have you heard anything about I mean, him in years? No, yeah. but I imagine he's still doing something in the industry. He seemed like he would kind of always – Let's Google him. Let's Google him. Sure yeah. You do that. Too. I'll tell the story yeah. about how – there. You know, so he came through the drive-thru in this big old Hummer. And I was like, oh, yeah, this guy's dumb. So he's like, hey, you know, I was like, and I used to push our music. Like, when we did our first CD, like, <laughs> yeah. I, we don't through tell, the, through the, drive, not through the well, yeah. Wachovia's, Music Row in Nashville. Yeah. Like, well, you, how stereotypical. Well, Wachovia is not around anymore. I mean, it's owned by well, Wells Fargo. So I guess I can say this, but it was probably a little bit illegal. I hope I don't get in trouble for this. Anyway, I would use like their, their uh, like mailing and shipping stuff, and I'd ship CDs out of like, you know, to, to my friends when they buy them. So oh, I'd yeah, use their stuff. Is that bad? Oh, God. Yeah. Company did this. Can we yeah. cut this? Anyway, but I would also push them out to the, like the people that came in because you could see their checks. Like there was several musicians, like Trick Pony would bank there um, back in the day, if you remember them. Um, <clears throat> lots of producers. Kenny Rogers had his whole like company. Like I can't remember like seeing like this is definitely illegal. <laughs> <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> 
no, his, I mean, he banked there. I mean, it's not around anymore. Yeah, like, so. hmm, he's well, famous with money. And there's his address. <laughs> no, 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 no. What do we have that's here? Not, that's not how it went. Are his like, margins big enough? I'm yeah. pretty certain it's exactly how it went. <laughs> no. I was like, you need to hire us, please. But, uh, but you know, it was always the assistants that came through. And just, I remember there was like large checks. And I'm like, oh, it's Kenny Rogers. And then uh, there was, uh, who was it? Um, there was oh, Van Morrison's first record label. I can't remember her name. She was the, she had inherited it from the, the guy, her husband, who, um, was the first person that discovered Van Morrison. I can't remember his name, but he, she had, I hate to say it, she was a very um, obnoxious person. She was really rude. She had an assistant. And Hopefully she, she's not listening to this podcast. She's probably not. Uh, who is? Are there, is there anybody? I mean, Wait, do I'm we getting have, a phone call. Do I'm we sure. have one listener? Hey, we mother, have one unique listener my, now. My mother's listening. I'm sure. That's the one unique listener that we have right now. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> she's busy. Yeah. I remember she used to be so mean to her uh, to her uh, assistant. Like She was like, always get large amounts of money out. This is probably, I shouldn't talk about this either. But anyway, um, I remember, you know, of course, giving her a CD. Too. I was like, hey, you know, we're, we're a band like everybody else in nashville of course i never heard from her um but yeah that was a cool little experience i kind of used that as a center centerpiece to like promote our band for a little that while was, you know? that was mckenzie's mill headquarters yeah. for the first year <laughs> yeah. we were out there. networking you get just 101 you got met lauren everybody lauren stallnecker comes through this poor guy's just trying to make a deposit and <laughs> tony gives him the full sales pitch and um so we meet him have a couple meetings we we record our record at like Two o'clock in the morning at his home studio. No, no, no. Oh, we, no, this, no, was, this at, was at Quad Studios. Oh, that's right. We went back into his home studio to finish the that's vocals, right. but the tracking. So these names didn't mean anything much to us. And I hope I can remember the drummer's name now because he was fantastic. Yeah, I know. Santiago. Uh, Lou Santiago yeah. oh, Jr., yeah. I think. Yeah. Mike Hill on bass and Johnny Hyland on guitar. And really if, great. If you're a real, you know, music guy and especially a guitar guy you, you may know the name johnny highland he is just i mean the other guys don't get me wrong they're world-class players but johnny is just kind of a, his own guru, thing man yeah. and, has uh, his own paul reed smith line of guitars yeah I mean, at least know, he like, did at the time did, yeah uh, so. so so lauren being able to pull that together really came out of left field because that didn't mean a lot to us at the time until we got in the studio and watched these guys work and we recorded 10 or 12 songs on that first record 10 10, no, 12. 12. Oh, it was 12, yeah. 12, 12 yeah. songs on the first record. They tracked the the guts, the music, in, uh, from like 2 in the morning to like 6 in the morning. At Kamali, just because that's just the rate that we could afford at the time, I mm-hmm. guess. And uh, and then we had, we went back into Lauren's home studio and finished up the vocals. And Tony yeah. uh, you know, overdubbed some guitar, obviously, and... Yeah, I mean it for like, just for the way it all came together. I'm super proud of that record, man. Yeah. I mean it. You can hear the I don't know the right word. I don't want to say amateurishness because good lord, with Johnny Highland and those guys playing, there's mm-hmm. nothing necessarily amateur about it. Mm-hmm. But you can hear the immaturity maybe in that record versus other records as we've you know continued to do it. But I'm all I'm still super proud of that record, oh, man, yeah, for yeah. for what it was and how it came together. And we had only been in Nashville about a year, like mm-hmm. we said. So, yeah. yeah. Well, you put you put the three of us, which were all very green rookies at the time when it comes to recording, especially. And then you got Lauren, who, uh, as a producer, had done some things, but wasn't truly a hundred percent music producer. He was more in TV and film, and he had did audio and, and music production as well. But it wasn't his like go to. So it was one of his earlier projects mm-hmm. as well on yeah, his he just resume. Moved from, like, so we all Los Angeles kinda, or something mm-hmm. recently after that. Yeah, yeah, and he had he had won some film film festival stuff or awards in um, in Florida. Hmm. 
And um, but yeah, I actually did Google, and it looks like he's still doing some TV show production stuff. So that's cool. Good for good, good for Lauren. Hopefully, he's doing well. Yeah, real nice guy. Really, uh, you know what? It was a, we, that was just an exciting time for all of us, man. Man, I was like, we have a we have a record yeah, now, yeah. like, and it's a good one. The only you know, thing like, we had ever done were those uh, those acoustic <clears throat> ones, which the first one was really rough. The second one was a little cleaner when mm-hmm. we went back and did those three tracks. Mm-hmm. It got a you could hear it get a little bit better each time, but yeah, that was like. Wow, we got some music to play yeah, yeah, man. I and remember, promote. I remember. And it was just three years later when we come out, we start writing. We just go on a southern rock writing kick, man. We mm-hmm. just we come up with that second record and we re-record a few songs together with Kent Wells uh, mm-hmm. and Dave Fowler. And Dave yeah. Fowler, Dave man, Fowler just, very yeah. instrumental in meeting Kent, and they worked together on that project, which was our second full-length yeah. project, self-titled mm-hmm. record. And tell everybody about Dave and uh, Kent's relationship with very famous. Yeah, so Dave Fowler, I mean, Dave's kind of, I mean, he's done so much with so many people. They both have. Uh, Dave's done production. Dave is, by, I guess, by trade, uh, a fantastic world-class bass player, which is typically, you know, has opened a lot of doors for him. At the time, I'm trying to remember, shortly after that, he went on to manage Colin Ray, mm-hmm. who was a very successful country singer. That happens to be was. the fifth grade talent show yeah, song that I right. sang. Was it really? Colin right. Ray. Love Fantastic. Me. <laughs> it all comes yeah. full circle. Yeah. Yep. It really does. Love me? Oh, love me. All that's perfect. Yeah. That that's, that's perfect yeah. for Ryan. <laughs> His whole life he's been screaming, love yeah. me. Yeah. Not, not hug me. <laughs> love me. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, sorry, Ryan. I read a note oh, my grandma wrote. He had to. Such a classic. Oh, love it. Back in 1923. Oh. It was a long time ago. Oh. I know what Dave was still playing bass with Dolly. At he that was, point. he was. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. It was, was. Was he the band manager for no. Dolly's band or no? He well, band leader, tour manager, tour manager. Tour manager. Yeah. That's yeah. right. But so then, God, let's get it right for once. Yeah, seriously. Sorry, Dave, if we're butchering <laughs> these credentials, but it, you're hard to keep up with. He's done so much. Like now, I know he's playing with um, Artemis Pyle. He's, mm. Oh wow! I mean, he does a lot of cool stuff. Huh. Um, but through the Dolly connection, or these guys were just friend, lifelong or longtime friends in general, but Kent Wells, who was band leader, guitar player, and longtime producer for Dolly Parton, yeah. the two of them worked together in uh, producing that first record. Man, how about Kent's run with Dolly as producer, though? Wow. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, yeah, he's still man, doing it now. Just, wow. Yeah. Killing it. So Kent, at that relationship, uh, that started a relationship with Kent where he's... Sorry, that was my hat. (laughs) Sorry. Now, Justin, it's your turn. He's pretty much produced everything that we've done since then. Really. The whole time we we did our We did our new voice. uh, We we did the stuff with new voice, that's right. Which when we get to our next song, I think we'll cover some ground there. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about... What's the next one? Bullets? Uh, it could be bu- we sent bullets or since we're talking about new voice, I'd say let's go let's go with middle of nowhere. Okay, yeah, yeah. that's fine. So this was our our attempt at radio, I guess yeah, you'd say, we, it. And, and we had it, some radio play with it. Yeah, we had uh, at, at the time. Um, so sorry. this was after Tony's uh, departure from Nashville, okay. and we we st- we stuck it out for several more years. We um, ended up working and signing a management deal which led us into a lot of different relationships and friends and and we ended up working with new voice entertainment which is actually um the guys that make up new voice at the moment i don't think they're doing a lot of production but at the time they were they had just produced thompson squares number one they oh, had wow. produced um Lindsay l Lindsay l and uh parmalee 
Yeah. Oh, wow. And so we get, we had a chance to uh, put put a budget together and go to work with them. And we produced a produced. And we only released three singles. We went into it to um, to produce five songs on what we were going to call an EP. Try to release. Try to go after some radio support through our management group, uh, which we got great feedback on all of our test runs. We just didn't quite have the budget to push it to to uh, you know mainstream radio. But um, we came out with some great product and songs that we're really proud of. Well, so. the songs are fantastic. And for those that uh, New Voice was comprised of Jason Aldean's band, yeah. basically. It's Rich Redman, mm-hmm. um, Tully, Tully Kennedy, Kennedy. Yeah. and Kurt Allison. Great hmm. guy. And um, the fourth fellow, David. Was it David? Yeah. yeah. What was David's last name? Hmm. Uh, Maybe we can edit this part. <laughs> I'm, sure we'll, we'll, I'm sure we can. Dave. Dave. Uh, yes, Dave. He actually had his own uh, solo career too there for a little while. Look up um, his name. Yeah, it's awesome. killing me. Dave Fourthfella. Fourthfellas. <laughs> That's a great. That's a great nickname, Fourth yeah. Fella. Fourth Fella. I, I feel like, like that. Well, yeah. Fourth Fella. We actually the only thing he did for us. He he was a record vocal. He was kind of the vocal recorder guy. But uh, David Fanning. David Fanning. Yeah. That sounds yeah. like a name. Yeah, the fourth yeah. fourth member there uh, of New Voice, They're David Fanning. Really nice guys. Yeah, who had again had his own his own solo career uh, and some radio success. But anyway, that was our uh, our attempt to to go at radio middle of nowhere. So we wrote this with a guy we met through you, Tony, Josh really? Dunn. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember Josh. Yep. Yeah, That's, he's done had a lot of success lately. Yes, he's he? written some big songs lately. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jay Brunswick was the other guy. Who's also um, had some publishing deals and written some hit songs. Yep, and, we wrote. Uh, once, well, we did write another song or two with those yeah. guys, but this was the first song we ever wrote with them, and this one was one of the, another one of those that just came together so easy. I felt like it was a couple hours, and we were in and out, and um, yeah, that this is this is a fun one. I'm proud of this. This is too. one of my favorites of the new ones that you guys have written. I mean, it's fantastic, and and it's kind of sad how it does take a huge budget a lot of times to get on to mainstream radio. I mean, it's a big business, you know. So like. You know, I mean, they know way more than I do about it because I haven't been there in a long time. But, uh, you know, these songs definitely deserve to be on the mainstream, a lot of them. So, you know, I hope you enjoy. This is Mackenzie's Mill with Middle of Nowhere. Just high enough to hide these trucks and break a law or two. And I girls wear cut up jeans like they do in the country songs they sing. That's fine with us, cause we don't mind the view. Out here, deep in the middle of nowhere, we get a little loud and we don't care. Ain't no one to answer to, we do. thing we pass around No, we ain't trying to change the world Just a bunch of good old boys and girls Living it up all night in our hometown
makes you feel When you're looking at her and she's looking at you There's only one thing left to do Yeah, just tell us about that. So you said whatever it takes. Yeah, so the song the co wrote is that right? Well, uh, are we back on? Is this thing yeah, on? We're, this we're, thing we're, is we're, on. Game on. Game on. <laughs> check one two. Mic check. So Ryan, tell us about. You said the name of the song is whatever it takes. Is that right? Yeah. Um, didn't really mean to immediately segue into this. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we, you know, uh, we brought a few, you asked us for a few songs, and if for some reason this just didn't come to mind at the time. But um, yeah, so we wrote a song with uh, Kenneth Duncan in in Nashville, uh, who's a good buddy of ours, written several songs. Actually, you'll be able to talk about Kenneth when we go into playing our next song that we, we were going to share with you guys. But um, we wrote Whatever It Takes. As a song that we ne- we demoed, but we had not cut. We had played it a few times live with our with the band at the time, and um, a good some friends of ours, Chad Cook, and, and a whole group, uh, the Mac Shack group that we spent a lot of time with over the years. Um, Chad had a band. He's a great vocalist, great great guitar player, singer songwriter. Uh, went back to Texas, left Nashville, went back to Texas, put a put a band together in his hometown area there, and started traveling. You know, real real red dirt style. Um, and they've got a great thing going. They've been killing it. But um, they had a Texas radio promoter and got involved. They wanted to produce an album. They produced it in Nashville, and they wanted to look for a couple songs. And he heard whatever it takes, and he loved it, wanted to put on his record. Um, little did we know that was going to be the first release that they sent to Texas radio. And uh, I can tell you, as a songwriter, one of the coolest little little things I think we've done has been a part of that because that's the first song we can say actually charted. It went to number three on Red uh, Texas regional regional radio, uh, which is a big chart oh, for Texas, huge, yeah. you know, yeah. for Texas musicians um, and Red Dirt musicians. It went to number three um, as their first release. Okay, they followed that with three number ones. Wow. Uh, in a row. Another one that we wrote, or and, that, that I, me and Kenneth co-wrote yeah. as well. Wow, yeah. that's awesome. And um, yeah, I was on that uh, with uh, whatever it takes. Yeah, we all I was saying that earlier. We all wrote that no, one. No, I meant the, the next one that went number one oh, was another one that me and Kenneth co-wrote. Oh, he was trying. Yeah, to, that's he, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he was trying to one up you, Ryan. But he just had to. He's older brother. Nothing to see. I wasn't. I wasn't tracking. I wasn't tracking. But but no, and that number three song though is the longest 
uh, charting song in Texas radio history. Really? It spun wow. for like almost 60 weeks. Wow. That's on the awesome. charts in Texas. So, so that was really, really cool to be a part of and watch that thing grow and now watch their band continue to have success traveling all over. Yeah, they were Especially hard. all the They're Red Dirt. They're yeah. doing it. They're all mm-hmm. over the Red Dirt states and all over the middle of America. Um, man, and they're just they're crushing it with with several number ones and new songs coming out regularly. So mm. y'all be sure to check out the Chad Cook band out of Texas. So yeah. well, we can play that. So here's the Chad Cook band with whatever it takes. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, I just remember Texas. I spent a little bit of time in Texas in 2010 after the year, I guess it was the year after I left, where we, you know, I left Nashville and um, was kind of on my own doing things. And I got an opportunity through some, the drummer, Shane Hoskins, kind of hooked me up uh, with the Entertainment America and sent me over to uh, South Padre Island. And I just remember my first experience with Texas people in general they just love it's not it's not exactly the same as most other places in america they actually want to hear original stuff i feel like it's it's this weird thing it's like red dirt it was not shouldn't be weird but it's like you know everywhere else you go you want to hear the wagon wheels and the sweet home alabamas and all that and that's cool and there's nothing wrong with that but in texas and oklahoma and that area embrace they're like play something you wrote bro you know play something i haven't heard before like it's really a support group there that's fantastic yep so i think that's uh that's the truth a lot of great musicians that people don't even know about on the east coast i mean roger Kreger. Uh, well, I mean, you've heard of Eli Young Band and those that have had a little bit of mainstream Randy success. Randy Rogers, you know. So, yeah, so but, when are the three of us jumping in a van and moving to Texas? Yeah, well, <laughs> let's, um, let's do it again. Let's say, man, it's second, second time. Now, that should have been where we went in 2005, <laughs> probably, looking back on it. Cause we, yeah, because we probably would have had some. Our brand probably would have been a little more oh, appropriate yeah. down there anyway. <laughs> yeah, it'd, it'd be, I'd take being huge in Texas, right? Yeah, that'd be cool. I like how we're just, we're going to be huge. You know? Well, we're always going <laughs> to be not huge. Be. Yeah, we're still going to be huge. I mean, we are, we're huge 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 yeah um but i mean texas is one of those places man you just got to experience and and they love music and uh, i'm glad you guys had that success there tell us a little bit about your other success i mean some of the other ones uh, i know we've me us have opened up in 2007 for diamond rio and a couple things at charlotte speed street but even after that when i had left you guys won a contest right the the thing i'd say that another kind of important transitional period in our career and time out in nashville was between 2011 and 2012 and 13 that little span we it's funny at the time i had a lot of pushback not wanting to enter either one of these contests because the thought of a battle of the bands thing felt uh, just felt a certain way Mm -hmm. i was completely wrong because both of these were were big opportunities for us the first one was 2011 i think it was the bud light national battle of the bands which was all fan voted yeah 2012 yeah and the contest was that year and when and it was the end of that year we went on the the cruise. Mm -hmm. but we won finished first and uh, got to go on the cruise, perform at the Bud Light Music Festival, which had – it was a mixed bag of artists. It was not a country uh, cruise at all. I a mean, mixed bag like, of people, too. Yeah, <laughs> like Pitbull. Pit um, God, what were some of the other uh, – I'm trying to get some of the other acts that were on it. Young the Giant, I remember, was on that. Well, we had – so the first day was like the festival ground where they – park all the ships at, at Nassau and you get out on this festival ground right on the island with the big resort behind you and that's where we played as a part of that and to remember a flow rider yeah oh, flow rider that's right um wasn't there like a who the big alt there's an alt yeah. rock band that played this well brad paisley played that there's was the a second country, day, that was though, the country that we artist play. yeah that yeah. was the private island show that they take you to the next day oh, brad wow. paisley and all american rejects all american, american rejects, rejects. Yeah. that's yeah. who i was trying to think of yeah they were on it as so. a part of it but our, our particular show i just remember flow rider and pitbull and uh yeah so you're all right at home huh oh yeah <laughs> we, we, is it wiz khalifa perfect wiz khalifa, wiz khalifa. that's right did yep. you get some yeah, weird yeah, looks there. and mckenzie's mill yeah. did they really Man, put you you know like, dude, opened up they for embraced Pitbull? it yeah, i mean yeah, it was cool. we <laughs> had a great 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 uh response from the crowd that's yeah we awesome. went and did our i mean southern rock thing just rowdy country yeah. boys up there and obviously we well, here's another did really a lot of, uh, of hollering swallows a <laughs> really uh lucky cool thing that happened so when like ryan said our we played the first day of two days and uh they dock and 
the itinerary has us and the other two winners of the event playing first, right? Um, while everyone is exiting the ship. There was bad weather delayed, or something yeah. got was, everything delayed. They put the sound crews way behind. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was it. The sound crew was way behind. So we had like basically two hours of people getting off the boat to come to the show that otherwise would have been taking their time. They think that, you know, the show is probably a couple hours. So as the head or as the openers, we kind of got a time slot that felt more like one of the headliners. So we had like. 7,500 people or something out there for our set, which was really cool uh, and made for a cool trip. So that was the first of the contest that we won. We also won, but actually the same year, but before that, we won the Battle of the Saddle at the Wild Horse. Yeah. That was all all around the same time. That's where we met Michael Knox. Exactly. That that Michael Knox, who's mm -hmm. a producer for Jason Aldean, uh, really just opened up a whole door. We'd met the new voice guys kind of through that connection and i've got a, had a few songs pitched our way that we didn't write i know a lot of pe- folks in this area that have, that have seen us live have heard us play heaven is a small town a that one. we did not write but we love it and that came from our relationship through michael knox and <laughs> but that created an opportunity for us to get to play at the wild horse which kind of became like yeah. a, a little bit of a home base for us we'd play monthly shows yeah. there and, and continued to do so for a few years and um, you know, that venue was great to us, man. Yeah, so I'm going back to do a songwriter event there in about a month. Yeah, and for those that don't know, the Wild Horse Saloon is one of the most probably famous bars other than Tootsie's and maybe a few others in, in Nashville. It's I mean, cool. Yeah. It's the one that, if you remember back in the day, like TNN used to do the live <laughs> – they used to do a live broadcast at the yeah. Wild Horse Saloon every, dancing, mm-hmm. every oh, yeah. week. And all that, yeah. mm-hmm. but then the third and probably biggest of the contests that we won that really got some significant things rolling for us. And this is a hard one to describe because there's a lot of partners in it. It was the MGM Grand. It was Toby Keith's Bar and Grill. Roper Western Wear was the the largest. I mean, they kind of pulled all this mm-hmm. together. Amy Keene who actually is putting together the show that I'm going to play in a month. I mean, she's continued to be a big supporter and friend of ours. But So this was another... Crown Royal and the National Finals Rodeo. Yeah. And mm-hmm. FR. So, so this was a, a national contest. I'm trying to remember if it was how they voted on it, but... We ended up. It was live. Was Wrangler involved too? Oh, it was live. Con- it was live yeah, show. No, no. It was Roper. No, a Roper. Okay. It was a live show. So we actually had to drive to Minnesota yeah. to perform in the first round, <laughs> and then advance to the finals in Dallas. Yeah. And we ended up winning the finals in Dallas, which then basically gave us uh, a nice payday and the opportunity to go play as the official after party band at the MGM Grand all ten nights of the. NFR rodeo finals, which is a really, I mean, it's like yeah, a Super Bowl of rodeo. Yeah. Man, so talk talk cool. about, yeah, and talk about one of the coolest, most fun and challenging. Yeah, that's a lot <laughs> of performance. Work. That's a lot of singing, oh, man, yeah. and, 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 and in a desert climate with smoky casinos. So, I mean, it was, a, it was fun, but it was, wow. Tony, <laughs> you may remember back in the day, the MGM Grand used to have a really, I think they've since torn it down, but they had this lion exhibit right in the mm. casino like it looked like a, like you'd see at a zoo rocks mm. and you know lot lions out there mm. well we performed the lions weren't there obviously but oh, we performed in that exhibit like we're standing on top of the rocks <laughs> like they turned that exhibit into a a stage essentially wow, yeah. That's and awesome. it was good it like a music video i mean it was cool and we probably i mean we had several thousand people every night people oh, would yeah. just spill over after the after the rodeo and, and they'd 
show yeah. up at our after party and at that point ten nights was, in a row that was the place for several years to go for the after party that was the main one before now they all have something and and it's changed a little bit but back then mm-hmm. that was that was the prime time spot so it was really really god good. that was work though mm-hmm. i remember making fun of this dude and i was mm-hmm. totally wrong and it'll come full circle but he's after a couple of days he <laughs> He, I couldn't talk. I was we're sick. haggling. We're yeah, haggling with the front that. desk folks about. Yeah. We're haggling with the uh, people about getting us some spa passes. Yeah, man. right. <laughs> All right. Well, hear me out. I was sick. For, I, ca- I caught it like a virus for the for the uh, steam I, room, and because you got to remember, it's desert air out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, and I'm smoking just, the casinos. And you can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I talk junk to him <laughs> about everything. So I'm just ragging him, giving him a hard time. <laughs> Two days later, I'm like, uh. I can't talk. Bro, bro who do I, I need to talk to about those spa passes, get one of those spa passes, man? My Barry God. White. Dude, it is. I mean, God bless the Southern man. <laughs> so you're telling me you guys actually sounded better. <laughs> no, it's crazy, though. I must have caught something on the plane ride over there because about day two or three, Don't I, was, I was sick as I could be. Um, and then also losing my voice from from just not being used to being in that climate, having to sing just for three the hours. Air, man, it'll kill mm-hmm. you. It'll dry you out. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was actually one of the ladies in charge. Is one of them that came up to me. She said, "You need to go to the spa." And I was like, "Do I?" She's like, "Yes, let's You're work on right some passes." <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know what? Some antibiotics had to go. I, I literally they diagnosed me on my third day with laryngitis and i'm supposed to sing for seven more nights oh gosh Ugh. so they pumped me full of steroids mm. where they got the shot in so the you pill. can imagine he was a ton of fun to be around <laughs> <laughs> but no hey by day five i had a voice back i completely had a voice back wow the steroids awesome. just killed all you know just brought me back to life the the spa breathing and all the steam that's all i did was soak up the steam every day and man i was back back to by day five i was back to 100 percent. so it was awesome but after that show um Another part we got a rope we got a uh, endorsement deal with Roper, which was really spoiled the heck yeah, out of us. Amy was, they were good. Amy Keene and Carrie and all the folks at Roper. Um I mean, they just filled up our closet with mm-hmm. stuff. So that that was awesome. Uh and then through the Toby Keith part of that deal, that sponsorship, we got to uh basically line up a summer tour peppered with uh Toby Keith Bar and Grill dates, which were all over the country at the time, and then we we played the Country Jam in Grand Junction, Colorado, and Eau Claire, Wisconsin. So we were able to kind of go ahead and get six months or more ahead of our schedule, and we ended up putting a putting that tour together that year. That I mean, it felt like we were yeah, we were going for two solid months on the road, and just, yeah, and that that just kind of once you and home. once you get that kind of momentum going, now it's easier to get other people's attention. So that was a really big deal for us to to be able to book, you know, six months to a yep. year out on our tour calendar. And we really, Tim, Tim Gray coming on board as a booking agent yep, at that time had really got our killed. secured our first booking deal, which you know we had a couple other since then, but that was our first one at the time. So. Yeah. That kind of kick-started about a three-year run where, I mean, we didn't tour full-time. I don't. It's not like we were gone 365 days a year, but we were as busy as we wanted to be for about three years in a row there, and that was all kind of piggybacked off of the success of those yeah. those wins. It's awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. cool, man. Mm. It was a good run. Yeah, no, I think um, – and so tell us a little bit about uh, Bullets, one of the songs that we're going to – that was kind of – was that during that time? It was kind of in the middle, right? Man, no. no. It's their newest record. So. Oh, Bullets yeah. is the newest Bullets one. Bullets is off the newest record that oh. we just released this spring with gotcha. Kent Wells. 
Um, so Bullets specifically is kind of an older tune. It was written back in those days um, with Kenneth Duncan, who I've we've both written a ton with. I've written some of my favorite songs with Kenneth. He's just he's really great at what he does and our energy together and with ryan we just really work well together to write some cool stuff um josh dunn actually was on this uh this was the first song i ever it's the first song i'd ever written with josh or kenneth Hmm. and uh (laughs) we come in and i don't really know these guys very well and kenneth had a bad night with his I don't remember his wife or girlfriend at the time, but his significant mm-hmm. other. And he spent 30 minutes just going off. And I'm sitting there. <laughs> these guys wrote all the time, so they're buddies, and I'm just kind of – Bullets. All <laughs> right, okay. So, no, but the, listen, here's, this is how we get there. He's like, man, I just feel like I've been standing in front of a firing squad, man. Like, it just won't stop. She just keeps on and on and on. And I'm like, well, I guess I know what we're writing today. <laughs> and uh, the, the title of the song is Bullets, but part of the hook is – as you'll hear is is taking fire like he's like i feel like i'm just taking fire man Mm -hmm. so that energy i guess you'd say uh led into that we wrote this song it sat around on the shelf for a long time before we ever wrote it excuse me before we ever recorded it uh but the the stars finally lined up we put it on this newest record and it's it's one of my two or three favorites off of off of the new record awesome that's a really great idea actually very powerful uh picture i'm sure that you paint on that song so uh yeah so this is bullets by mckenzie's mill midnight footsteps are charging down the hall Battle lines laid out My back's against the wall Fighting or giving in In the end it's all the same Cause when the smoke cloud clears We'll both feel the pain Now honey what's the use What's a change So let your words
Yeah, so uh, you know, this is like again, we're here with McKenzie's Mill, Justin Ryan Harris. Uh, you know, spent 15 years in Nashville, and I spent five about five years with them in the beginning, and they've done a lot of great things. We've been talking about the story of, of them and what they've done in their careers, and uh, you know, talked about previous albums and songs, and we played some of them for you. And uh, now, you know, you just heard Bullets, and uh, I believe that's on the new record, correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. Yep. That is correct, that sir. Is correct. The newest record we just put out in uh, earlier this spring. Again, Kent Wells. Yeah, we'll uh, End of May, yeah. We'll put it out yeah, Kent helped us bring this. This has been discussed and talked about for a couple of years. Keep in mind, COVID was, you know, just a couple of years ago. So that really made this for an interesting experience. We got a lot of the tracking done in 2019. Uh, well, it was pretty much right before COVID. Yeah, right before COVID in 2020, we got most of the work done, but yeah. not complete. So we had to kind of go back and finish it up with Kent. But this is an experience. So even hopefully some musicians are listening to this because they're a little more familiar with how records are typically recorded. And time is money. I mean, you're usually just looking at the clock, um, whether you bring in your own band or whether you're working with studio guys. And normally you just get as much done as fast as possible. And Kent really invested a lot of himself and a lot of time. We we recorded 15 songs, which is crazy these days to be able to do that. We brought in three different bands stretched out over four different sessions to record those 15 songs, which... Uh, two full days. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, two full days of simply tracking, not including, you know, singing and, and all the other stuff that goes into it. But... Um, Really, uh, and I'm talking world class players. I mean, I, I won't even. I don't want to start naming one because then I'll miss the others and be kicking myself when I get home. But some of the most just world class guys, no click track. We really wanted to harness the organic. You know, we all sit around and rant and rave and complain about how digitized and kind of soulless in a lot of ways the sound of music has become because it's just all so programmed and fake sounding. And we kind of made the opposite of that. I mean, well, we started with the click track just to get to tempo at the start. And as soon as the song was in, we, kill we it. yanked it. So it had And it's some, just the players yeah. playing with their feel. And you can hear that in the record. I mean, you can hear just the organic nature of it. Yeah. Uh, and giving the players a lot of leash, not overly producing them, kind of letting them play what they uh, felt. So it was just a really neat experience start to finish that will always be indebted to Kent for allowing us to do. Because regardless of what we do or don't do going forward, um, that's a that's a cool thing to to have and to have been able to do. Yeah, and he not only that he pulled together. So I, he called on so many friendships over the years for us, and really, really a lot of favors. I think put, just put together a plus musicians. Um, brought in Mark Needham as a as a uh, mix yeah. engineer on it. Mark is um, top notch. I mean, he he mix engineered uh, Imagine Dragons' first big record. Um, he's wow. engineered for uh, Fleetwood Mac. Uh, uh, just a lot of artists. I mean, just on and on and on and on. I mean, you wow. can pull him up, and it's a ton of artists spanning from like biggest names of the '70s to biggest names of today. He's just been doing it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Impressive guy. We were just so. I mean, we just the the experience with that was just so cool. Um, and and something we'll always look back on and really just. Man, you, you can't forget it. It was just a, such a cool thing, man. 
Yeah, and I've heard several songs on the new record too, and 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 many of the old ones, and wrote, co-wrote a few with these guys. And I can tell you, you have if you've not heard of Mackenzie's Mill, you definitely have to look up their songs and and listen to them. And uh, I mean, there's I'm just shocked that some of them aren't just super famous and out there yet and they still might so make sure you check them out share them uh can they find where can they find mckenzie's mill material and where would you like them to go yeah man itunes uh most of our material the the that, that first record that we did back in 07 is um currently not available i do need to do a relaunch on it for like itunes and spotify and all the places you're going to go digitally but right now most of our material is all digital so amazon itunes spotify um just pretty much about anywhere you like to buy or listen stream your music uh, you can find it there uh, our 2010 record um, a few releases from 2017 and then our newest record are all um, all loaded up so i uh, hope you'll give that a listen and check it out but um i want to take a quick second and just tony thanks for having us so yeah man thank oh, you yeah, man thanks, thanks for, for having coming. us um great obviously your friendship over the years is is just meant the world I'm glad that we're we're so as close as we are your time in nashville with us um as a friend and as a musician and um take a second I, I know a lot of folks aren't you know don't have a clue i'm talking about but all the guys that have played with us in our band and all the all the music we've shared on stage over the years everybody uh, you know yep. we've gone through several different you know uh, people in different positions but there's been a few that have stuck around for a long time with us as well so and, and mm-hmm. as you as you know as well as anybody tony uh if you're when whenever you were playing with with us whether it was a weekend or whether it was a stretch that lasted for years we always felt like there was very much a brotherhood oh yeah within mckenzie's mill and how we approach things i mean i think there's probably a lot of people out there that just assume mckenzie's mills band four five six people because mm-hmm. i rather than just my brother and i mm-hmm. um because that's just kind of the vibe and the way it always felt so yeah that, i'm glad ryan mentioned that big thanks to and love to a lot of our uh, and all of our, our buddies and former players. And also, if you're listening to this, um, we've said it a lot, and if, if you've ever read anything that the pilots put out on us, um, the support we've gotten from this town has always been really important to us. I mean, it's just always been home base, um, and and the, the support we've, we've gotten is, really matters. So thank you to everybody yeah. for that over the years. Yeah, absolutely. I can remember when we first, like you said, the first shows at O'Donnell's and everything, and just having that packed house. You know, we had moved to Nashville. When we, was that a year? Was it less than a year or a year when we came well, back? We came here? back for the CD release show. Yeah. That had that to have two years. That had to have been about two years. End of '07 okay. would have been that show you're referring to. Yeah, I, I will always remember that. We had when we had the gratuitously large stage that <laughs> yeah. was completely unnecessary. And O'Donnell's, which was like you know, a little tight in there. And, I mean, uh, we took up half the day. Our, our heads were hitting the ceiling almost. You know, we're not that tall. I remember Dude. I not used to it being there, and I, I tripped over Stewart's monitor and just went feet <laughs> straight up in the air. But oh man! I just remember, you know, there was it was just, I mean, just shoulder to shoulder people in there, just support yeah. from our hometown. That was a big deal because back then, I mean, you didn't, we didn't know if anybody was going to care or not. So to come home and play that show and it be people out in the street, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that was that was just such a big deal, man. That might as well have yeah. been a sold out Madison Square Garden at the time. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I just I always remember it was loud as hell, but I mean, it was I mean, yeah, that was it way was too just, loud. Well, you know, O'Donnell's, still way too. It's loud. not like there. Yeah, well, that, uh, there's there any other way to be? Yeah, that's you know? right. But I mean, there was just not enough. Uh, I mean, in there, it's a little tight anyway. So you know, the, the acoustics might not be the greatest, but it was just man. I will always remember that show, feeling like you know, at least if we were nobodies in Nashville, we were somebody yeah, in, man, in it, Moore it County. Yeah, so I really yeah. appreciate that. And that and just a segue on that. I mean, I would have never 
done my solo career and sang and a whole a whole bunch of this if it wasn't for these guys because they kind of put me on the map being a part of McKenzie's Mill and also gave me the confidence to play and be in front of people and sing because I was I was kind of a shy guy especially when it came to singing I didn't sing at all hardly uh, until the later years after I left Nashville but you know I definitely owe it to these guys um, for the career that I had for 12 years you know playing cover songs and doing a couple original albums here and there um, in Texas and Nashville and just man I mean without them and especially Justin too being just like he was the one that was initially like look we're going to nashville okay you know you can't say no you're going we're I'm going I'm like, too dumb to know any better yeah <laughs> i would have never pushed my shy ass to go out there and be like oh yeah i'll go to nashville you know i never would have done I'm, i was just a little a shell of who i am now you know i was still finding myself in the early, my early 20s and you know i played a little guitar and at appalachian state like in my fraternity brothers you know and stuff but i never i hardly ever wanted to play in front of people you know and then when we came back it kind of gave me that confidence and then you know playing in nashville certainly you better you better have yeah <laughs> you better learn Straight quick up. you know yeah. what i'm saying if you don't you're just <laughs> you're like what is that guy <laughs> and I, I learned how to dress a little bit too because i remember uh What's the guy, the bass player uh, that used to go to Twain Town Throwdown? He had a crazy name. First, Daniel. He had a one one first name like it was like this uh, rodeo. Rodeo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> His name was Rodeo, literally. Like that's what people called him. He played with bands and stuff. And he was like Tony. This is like the first year I was playing there. He's like. You know, um, do you ever see like rock stars and how the way they dress? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why? He's like. You know, just you a, a little mirror. Bit, <laughs> just a little, uh, just a little advice, bro. Yeah, like you're you're in Nashville. No, nothing personal. You're in Nashville, but maybe try to look a little cleaner. You know, like a little that's bit so more. Rodeo, man. <laughs> yeah, that's like, funny. Like, cause just remember, look look apart. And that, now, of course, I don't I don't even care about that. But you know, that was a big sort of a thing you got to think about too. Didn't you, know? you have a closet there that you kept, little, your, uh, kept your wardrobe? Oh, I think in? there was a wardrobe there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But uh, you know, I, I think I learned. Um, I, you know, after that, that, you know, maybe I should not look like I just got out of the, I haven't showered in three, three weeks, you know, I maybe mean, I should. We could, we were all guilty of that though. Again, we didn't, man, we just literally like fell off the turnip truck into Nashville and just started <laughs> like jamming. I like, mean, we didn't even really think much about anything other than that, which I mean, I don't know. In a way, I'm kind of proud of, man. It oh kinda, yeah. You know, it was, we, if we were nothing else, we were genuine. <laughs> oh yeah. And we, and we I mean, and it, it really, you're your willingness to go out there and like, let's go do this was really, I mean, it, and my whole life has been now about putting myself out there because if I wouldn't have had that little bit of courage that you kind of showed, uh, honestly, I mean, I don't think I would be doing this show. I don't think I would have played, you know, 12 years for a living five, six nights a week playing cover music. You know, all that stems from like, I just realized that, you know, Justin, especially you and my cousin, Matt Barnes, you know, Matt used to play guitar. He, he passed away in 2007, but he, uh, you know, we used to just play at parties and didn't give a crap if you liked it. If you didn't, he was going to sing Skinnerd or Blind Melon, and you were either going to like it or you're going to shut up. You know, you're going to have a good time, and he just always had a good time. And I was always nervous about singing, but when he passed away, I did a little tribute album for him and with Daniel Dennis in Nashville, and I sang a couple of songs. I recorded one with Lawrence Stallnecker and I sang an old Skinnerd song, which was one of the first songs we ever sang. And I remember I made like a thousand copies of that, and I gave it to everybody that knew Matt, family, friends. And then I remember getting some feedback. They're like, man, you, dude, you sound kind of like Matt. You should start singing more, you know? And, and that that gave me the confidence to really go out there. But initially, I think I would have never had this life, you know, not to blow your head up, Justin. It's already picking up. But anyway, like, just 
just uh, you know, really that courage to go out there and do it has stuck with me my whole life. Like uh, that's what I do now. That's cool to hear, man. Thank you. Know? you. Yeah, for saying so. Yeah, Ryan, you suck, but no, I mean, <laughs> just I'm, just I'm yeah. sorry. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> no, no, I feel bad. No, Ryan, Ryan, and I have always Ryan been like best I, friends. Like Ryan was the I'm one. I'm just gonna keep Ryan, and we'll just do shows. Now. Yeah, right, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. So you have a friend now, right? <laughs> just kidding. You out. got a friend. <laughs> and me. No, but what's fun? No, Ryan. Honestly, uh, I felt bad for him because you know Justin's the older brother. <laughs> you know, he always ragging on him, and I kind of just joined Justin some, a lot of times. You know, but Ryan's got Ryan is a great guy man we've known each other i'm ryan and i've been known each other probably just closer since we're the same age and uh man he's been a great friend of mine and uh just glad to have you guys here in the studio and, and reminiscing a little bit about all the old times man definitely good the feelings, for sure the feelings are mutual brother yep yeah, yeah it's cool thanks to for hear. having us you got a great you got a great radio voice yeah. i have to say i do you think agree yeah he really does he does yeah yeah do you think this you, you could talk, be a new you career talk, you talk too much but other than <laughs> well i know and i can't shut up it's always been a problem of mine you know is to uh but now yes if you'd like to <laughs> if you'd like to pay me pilot <laughs> there you go for this voice there you go. Yeah, for, <laughs> yeah. hey i'll do commercials seriously man we, we can talk about it yeah that's as far as it goes that's right oh. yeah <laughs> we'll talk but frank nothing's ever gonna happen nothing yeah. on frank's face says he's gonna pay you <laughs> like, I just, wait, what i no. just want to keep it real hey even if yeah. I, i'll feel like so proud even if you she give didn't me hear like, it in my voice <laughs> even if you give me like a dollar just to do some commercials like I, i'll be like oh, yeah i got paid my voice i got paid for my voice to do commercials bro well if if that's on offer Oh, wait. I will I just, probably take you up on I just that. totally lowballed my whole career yes, in, did, in radio yeah. by just saying that. If I've, you need a manager, Tony, I'm also yes. for hire because that <laughs> yes. was not that impressive. That was terrible. A dollar? Game. Really, Tony? A dollar. Yeah, I mean, so you get 40 cents of that it's dollar down, it sounds like. <laughs> so now geez. I'm down to 60 cents. Put in my notice tomorrow. <laughs> hey, but if I do one million commercials, that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's a ton of money. <laughs> I'll I'll start scheduling you. Sounds good. All right. Maybe maybe you'll get there next time you retire. I don't know. I see. That's what I like about you, Ryan. Yeah, I appreciate your positivity, man. (laughs) You know, Tony. You might you might get there. Maybe you you will. You can do it. (laughs) You can do it. I love it. Man, this. Do we have to quit this? Do we have to stop? Seriously? No. Um, like we don't. I I just just, I'm in my feelings, and I really like these guys a lot, and I haven't seen them in a long time. I just like talking to them so much. If you cry, I'm gonna cry. As long as the door is closed, like you sounded like Booger from from, uh, Oh yeah. uh, Is that right? Was that that wasn't oh, Bobcat? It sounded more like Bobcat Goldwyn. Uh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Yeah. The radio personality? You don't know Bobcat Goldwyn? Uh, man. No, Police who? Academy. Oh, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like, all anybody like, ever does. They can't. They can't like do a cookie monster. monster. That guy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, and oh man, it's had a really good time. <laughs> okay, we're done. That is it, Ryan. You leave out. I wish we could do like the the sirens and stuff. What was that guy in Police Academy? Just kept doing all that. Um, None of us can even attempt to even do that any closely cool. <laughs> that was terrible. Actually terrible. <laughs> there you go. You can, you can do a pop. Congratulations, Ryan. <laughs> I think we're losing steam. Guys. Are we? Do you think people have already tuned out? Yeah. Not that we're, there was people listening in the first place. I think they stopped listening, listening after the first song. Yeah. We're going yeah. so far off the rails, my shoe came untied. <laughs> How did that happen? That's I have mysterious. no idea. Oh, I did it. I just, <laughs> I didn't, you didn't see it, but it happened. Um, I was tying your shoe. Untying your shoe. Anyway, are we still... We're doing this, aren't we? Um, a week long. 
We've long done. We've it, long man. lost everyone. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again for having us, man. We appreciate. Yeah. It. Well, are you trying? To, are you trying to stop? <laughs> Seriously? I mean, I just want to talk to you guys like the whole day. Anyway, this is we're going to cut that out. Anyway, this is okay. Mackenzie's Mill, okay. everybody. My thanks. good friends Ryan and Justin Harris. Thanks for having us. Brother. Yeah, man, awesome people. Make sure you check them out. Mackenzie'sMill.com. Uh, is that correct? We mm-hmm. forgot to do that. Yeah. Um, it's oh yeah. And yeah, uh, Mackenzie'sMill.com. And what was the name of the latest album that you just released? The album is uh, it's called "The Long Way Home." That's the title track. Uh, uh-huh. Fifteen songs. So I love that name too. Yeah. I think I told both you yeah. guys, man. There's I mean, a lot about that. It's just. Yeah. It just makes sense, man. The whole mm-hmm. way that record came together, and here, you know, here we, we are, are, back on fifteen home. years later, yeah. long yeah. way home. Yeah. Yeah, one thing you'll find about the the Harris brothers here in McKenzie's Mill that they are uh, definitely authentic as they come and and write songs that are you know just fantastic. So you definitely owe it to yourself to listen to them. So make sure you do that. Um, Justin's personal number is nine one zero for all you ladies out there. Single. <laughs> he is a bachelor. But anyway, sorry. I just I just hooked you up, bro. Seriously, I hope so. The three. I need all the help I can get. The one girl out of the three listeners that we have. Okay. Probably cute, man. I'm, I just I know it, you know? Okay. Lot, lots of things not appropriate for radio. Is this not? Just... Oh, okay. We'll stop. We'll bring it back. Okay. Are, are you saying cut it? Cut it now? I okay, we'll just, cut it. Okay. I was just uh, <laughs> commenting silently on the fact that you have your hand on the mic, like <laughs> yeah. Ryan yeah, said. Again, man. Jones music, walking around in here. Music performing 101. Do not grab the microphone <laughs> by the microphone. <laughs> but I, did I? Did I? Is this supposed no. to sing on? I, th- I think you're good for most of it, but it's. It's funny that you yeah. just like it's like wow. you can't stop yeah. yeah he literally doesn't know what to do with his hand <laughs> in the studio mic it's because i'm really nervous and i don't know what to do so. <laughs> anyway um if you're still listening thank god bless you and uh yeah. god bless the southern man giggity giggity and uh these are mckenzie's mill uh justin ryan harris we will see you next time thank you guys tony barnes signing off is that Thanks. is that san diego did we san, say that san diego san diegans state classy Moore county frank daniels executive producer tony barnes we're signing off now, San Diego. Signing off. That was terrible. Please cut some of that. You can't that was terrible. <laughs>